You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. Astro-ma-cho-ma-ke. Brian and Questers. I don't know what you just said. Uh, I, I don't expect that you would. I, I learned that today. That is uh, Dothraki for hello, uh, or in their language, that is respect to one that is respectful. So I thought that was a fitting welcome into our podcast today because our our episode is on the heated, the much talked about Game of Thrones. I, I'm thrown off by whatever you just said. It's Dothraki. Okay. That, do you know what Dothraki is, Brian? It's one of the languages that is spoke yes. by the Dothraki. Dothraki, but <laughs> yeah, but aren't they all dead at this point? Well, no, not necessarily. They're oh. still around. Oh, okay. But yeah, so welcome in. That was a, a fun little little intro there. We're already dropping some knowledge off the hello. We are. Um, we are the quest for 100. Uh, we're, we're happy you're here. I, as as I alluded to, I'm here with my partner in crime, Brian. Hey, Justin. Hi, again. And uh, I wish I could say it in Dothraki. No, but... it's very hard. Uh, I had to really practice that. How long did you practice that? Uh, at least two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but so I not... also watched a video of someone talking Dothraki, and I was like, wow, he's so good at that. And it, there's there's much – it's like comes from – the back of your throat kind of thing so i'm not that talented in speaking other languages okay but yeah we're here to talk game of thrones today uh we have some interesting perspectives we're not gonna dive into all the theories and all of that um that's for some other podcasts that you probably already are listening to because you are addicted to this crazy show uh and series how many podcasts on game of thrones do you listen to uh well I didn't start listening to them until this season, and oh, this season I have listened to at least three to four different types of podcasts okay. for Game of Thrones. I'm trying to find – I'm happy with all of them that I go to, but they all kind of have different perspectives and just kind of live in it. Well, for this podcast, you can find us on Google the, in the iTunes App Store and you know Buzz, Buzzsprout all over the place. Yep. Uh, we want to make sure we state this before if, you've, if you stop listening early <laughs> – but follow Brian's us on, really concerned on about Facebook this. at Quest for 100 Podcast and yeah. at Twitter at the Quest for 100. We, we know there's listeners out there. If you're obviously you've, you've heard Brian say that, you know you're listening. But what we really want is for you guys to subscribe so that you can the next time we tune in. We're not always talking Game of Thrones, despite what you might want us to do. Uh, but we talk about a lot of different topics. Because since last time is a segment of ours and and we always want to catch people up on on what we've been doing as well as what the fans think and and have been doing so that's really where where we need the fans to come in and and our listeners to come in yeah but what have you been up to since since we talked last last week well yeah so unrelated to our topic uh but uh we went to a uh, my wife and i went to a gala on saturday night Mm -hmm. Uh, it was for the seattle humane society which was very very cool black tie uh it it felt very black tie though i didn't get that message i mean i was dressed up in a suit but it was very fancy a little bit fancier than i typically am 
but we went to this thing and you know we've supported them before um but you know it's for animals and it, we actually adopted from from seattle humane long story short we we walked out and Alyssa was like well like we we didn't give a ton of money but like well maybe we can help out by fostering and so in order for me to actually get be allowed to do all of the busy plans that I had for that whole weekend she's like well then maybe we should foster so we took in a dog on Sunday Um, his name is Walter okay Um, I I like calling him Walter Walter White White. yes he's he's white Um, he's just this little Spaniard he's he's got uh, interestingly relevant he for those listening he has He's gonna about to have surgery on his eye. I think he's uh, either half blind or full blind on his one eye. But his eye is glazed over blue, so it looks like a White Walker eye, which is pretty cool. I mean, hopefully he's he's okay and everything. He's a good dog. He's very calm. Yep. Um, but he's uh, he, he's got a cool look to him. Okay. For sure. Okay. So that was that was my big can't, big moment this week. Can't wait to meet Walter. Yeah. Uh, on on my front, the big moment for me was was watching the last episode of Game of Thrones. Yep. So a little little update on on you know where we both stand on this Game of Thrones thing. Yep. I am not a Game of Thrones person. I watched the first three seasons and didn't make it past that. Literally, the only person in the world that has li- or watched three seasons we'll of Game of Thrones. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that because okay. I, I've got some I got some numbers to back me behind this. Uh, I don't think I'm the only person in the world. Yeah, so. I don't know if I'll believe that. But yeah, I am on the, I wouldn't say the flip side. I'm not like uh, I live and breathe Game of Thrones, but I do. It's one of my favorite shows on TV. Um, I've watched it since, I, I think I got into it midway through season one. And then... I liked it so much that I went and read all of the five books that are written. And for clarification purposes, I listened to those books uh, on audiobook. Mm, but it's a whole other debate. People always like to argue that I didn't read them, but I, yeah. I, I believe I did. Regardless, mm. I experienced George R. R. Martin's writing. And uh, so I, I would consider myself on the, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones. I know I, I've. I don't know a lot, but I, I drink and I know things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so watched, watched Game of Thrones episode five with Correct. with yourself, your wife, uh, our listener Trisha, and her husband Kyle, and you know had a very nice dinner. So, thank you mm-hmm. to Trisha and and Kyle. Whole thirty for- approved. Whole thirty approves. You know, we're, we're working through that. We're taking some time off from the food episodes because you are on whole thirty. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Fast and Furious those those food episodes are going to come back. Yeah, here. we're gonna. I'm going to be craving chocolate, guys. Yep. It's it's coming. Yep. But so we we sat down to to watch the episode, and my big takeaway, I fell asleep. Wait, what? <laughs> are you kidding me? Nope. Oh. I fell asleep. <laughs> That's terrible, Brian. I fell asleep right right before uh, Daenerys attacks the city. Oh, my. How long were you asleep for? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it was That's very the long. the worst. Yeah. I, uh, 
uh, it was. I thought we could at least have some banter about something, some of the things that happened. But well, I mean, I, I think I don't think I was asleep for that long. But, okay, all right, but just for the 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 biggest moment of the episode. I mean, I was awake when she she actually attacked the city. Okay, all right, and made the decision to attack the city. Okay, but okay, that's fine. But we, yeah, I mean, we can still talk. About yeah. It. That's where we're starting from on this episode. So yeah, it's terrible. Sorry, listeners, that you have to live through this hater over here. It's not a hate. It's not a hate. <laughs> it's just a, I can't get interested in it. That's fair. Okay. So okay. yeah, that that's that's my sense last time, yeah. and and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about about that experience and and trying to catch back up from leaving off at season three. And, yeah, I'm know, definitely and, interested in your reactions to some of that. Yeah. Um, so we we talk about our fans um, since last time and, and any reactions that that um, are had. So uh, two episodes are we had an episode on Beanie Babies as as hopefully you guys have tuned in. That was episode twenty three, and uh, as those who have listened know, um, I talked to my mom, I interviewed my mom off offline, and then uh, we we referenced some some interesting memories of my childhood, um, and I ended up getting a text i told my mom to listen to it told her to or she texted me and her response was not bad i'm like well thanks mom that that's real descriptive of of how well it went and then i ended up talking to her on mother's day and she was like yeah it was fine (laughs) so she didn't give a resounding recommendation mainly because she was she was saying that that some of my memories were off she said one of the places that we that i thought we went to like once every like a couple times a year we actually went there like every week so i don't know just my memory is not great anyway but she did say that she she enjoyed aspects of it one update that i i do want to throw in here just because you mentioned a couple episodes ago so our our last episode was on jeopardy and we we talked about james holtzauer um and the record that he is on well, again, we're going another week where you don't see him on the show. So he's not coming back until May 20th oh, wow. because they're doing this teacher's tournament yeah. episode. So um, he'll he'll be back on the, the 20th of May and hopefully continuing his streak. So with that, I think we should we should get back to the Game of Thrones and do a little Game of Thrones news. You're a newsman. I ever tell you otherwise? So the first story obviously comes from the last episode, so episode five, and a fairly well-known quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, makes a cameo appearance in this episode. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't hear about this until after the episode, but this is something that's really, one, it's awesome as as a football fan and a fan of Aaron Rodgers, it's awesome to to see that and then two that there are celebrities whether they're actors athletes all sorts of people that are just mixed into all of the season it's really it's really cool yeah they, they want to be a part of it yeah so he was part of the golden company army uh in king's landing that was facing off against Jon snow and and the rest of daenerys's uh gang yep and he's been he's actually been dropping some hints uh, for quite a while now. So last month, he tweeted that, here's a quote from his tweet, 24-hour rule still applies, folks, for all those who thought 
they were there were better things to, uh, to do tonight than watch Game of Thrones. And hashtag I was watching hashtag four more episodes hashtag episode five should be good. That's funny. Yeah, and so then at the Kentucky Derby, he was, uh, which was, uh, yeah, a couple you weeks know, ago, a couple weeks ago, week and a half ago, he was asked by a reporter if he was going to make any cameos in TV shows, shows or movies, and all his response was was episode five of Game of Thrones, and he walked off. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, even dating back farther than that, uh, on August or excuse me, December twenty third, uh, there is a Game of Thrones video, or they tweeted a video of, um, you know, in the Iron Throne, uh, talking about being the king of the North and all of that type of stuff, and and everybody thought that that was referring to the NFC North and and facing. I think they were playing the Bears that week. Uh, or the Vikings, one of those two teams, you know, and thought that because of that matchup happening, that's why he was tweeting it. Well, now it turns out that it was, it was because totally he was totally related to this. Yeah, interesting. That's pretty cool. And he's been subtly hinting at this, or more, you know, uh, intensely hinting at it, I guess, towards the end there. But yeah, I, I, I just, it's such a cool thing that you know in pop culture that this show is just blowing up that so many people want to be in it i think the um i think there was a the mets pitcher um noah syndergaard Syndergaard? yes he was in it oh um earlier earlier in the season i believe um and who was it uh mac from always sunny i don't know if you ever watched always sunny in philadelphia but uh rob mc mckell sorry Mick L. Henney, uh, who uh, plays Mac in that show, he was in, I think that was episode two or three. Uh, I didn't realize it again until afterwards because they're with the makeup and everything yeah. and the mixed in, they're, they're, they're not prominent characters. I think the only one that was prominent was uh, a couple seasons ago was, uh, who's that redhead singer? Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran was was in Game of Thrones and everybody and he was like prominent like clearly yeah. Ed Sheeran and they're sitting around a campfire and it's like what's Ed Sheeran doing there and it was like so it kind of felt for so I think since then they've just been like any any celebrity cameos have been very subtly well what's interesting in. is did you, did you ever see the video of of Aaron's part in in this the I saw episode? a picture of it but I didn't see a video of the, it did you see, so how he dies He's the one who runs into the alleyway and the fire overtake like it's just a, everybody's running past this opening yeah. of alleyway and and so he, he runs into Oh wow, that's actually more prominent than I thought. I thought it was yeah. just a quick like panning over. No, that was one part of it, but then okay. but then from from my understanding, at least it was tweeted and and I hadn't seen anything else to contradict it. He was the person who ran into this alleyway by himself and then was caught on fire. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to go back and watch that now. I'm I I do like Aaron Rodgers, so I kind of want to see him how his acting is. Well, yeah. So so for me, uh, I wanted to pull in some news as well, and we'll get into this uh, as we get into the history a little bit um, with where we are in the season. To kind of you know, if you're listening to this, I I I mean. 
we probably should have started the episode with this, but spoiler alert, uh, there's going to be <laughs> definitely some spoilers here. Well, that'll be in the description. So Yeah, okay, great. But uh, so hopefully you're you haven't been spoiled already. But I mean we're past twenty four hours, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. I I agree. I, I, the way my mentality towards Game of Thrones, it's different than a movie uh, per se, like uh, Endgame. But Game of Thrones is you have to watch it that night. I'll give you maybe to the next morning, but even that at this point, it's you have no courtesy. Just turn off. Don't come to work. Don't look at your phone. <laughs> if you haven't watched it. That is your job is to watch it because you can't exist. You can't. It, but anyway, you can't exist. Mm, not if you're a fan. Well, um, yeah, true. But this last episode, which again I won't go too in, in depth, uh, has been getting a lot of criticism um, because uh, because we're closing this thing out. There's a lot of thoughts towards how it should be ending, and people are disappointed with how quickly and some other stuff. And, and we might touch on that through as we go through this this uh season and episode and and series but the um one of the game of thrones stars was asked about his opinion so it was actually euron Greyjoy. so um you know died died by the sword of the kingslayer okay on the sands there he uh his name is i'm gonna butcher his name pilo aspak is his real name but anyway he was asked about um about the series uh, and how it's ending, and he was saying that because um, the the writers were getting a lot of uh, flack for you know the direction that it's going, and he was saying that he's really rooting for uh, Dan Weiss and David Benoff. I butchered that. Sorry for real fans there, but but the two writers that you always see in the after credits, those two guys um, have been getting most of of the criticism, and he's saying that. You know, kind of trust the process. You know, people are are certainly angry right now, but also people are happy. And and they, he was saying that they put so much time and effort into this that you know it, it's it's great TV. And that's kind of I've had a ton of discussions this week on you can if you are have been following along, which you know you've been I have not not if you've been following along, there are moments when you probably feel disappointed that it's not going the path that you thought it would or it felt too rushed or you wanted more or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you take a step back and you look at this, it's spectacular TV. I mean, this is insane. We're getting movie quality filming on TV. You know, certainly we you pay for your HBO subscriptions, but it's 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 I don't know. It's it's such great TV and he he all he was saying is that you know they've put so much into this, and the writers have put so much into this that um, you know he's he's rooting for them. He thinks that it's going to end in, in a in a positive way. I think the good thing is that it's it's things that people are not expecting, and so that makes it better TV. Like if if you knew exactly what was going to happen, then why would you even watch the show? Sure, I think that they they call it fan servicing in some ways where you're like I want this to go this path and we're going to give you that yeah. kind of thing. And that happens. And then there's moments when it's like I could see it going that path and it pivots, and then there's moments when it's I can see it going this path, it goes that path, but it gets there way too quick and I'm not satisfied with how long it took. And that's what I think most people are frustrated with is how how underdeveloped it seems at times uh, in this last season, and fe- feels a little rushed. But um, 
but yeah, I, I think I've I've landed somewhere in the middle where I'm disappointed with some things, but I'm I'm overall I'm pretty happy with everything. So, but but that that was my news was just talking to one of the cast members um, who unfortunately will not be in the last episode. Well, maybe. Yeah, you never yeah, actually. It is see ominous. Him. It is ominous. I mean, if Jamie Lannister can can walk up the stairs to his, he just got pricked. It's a little different. Yeah, but but he just got like it was only one right in the middle of the stomach. It wasn't like at the heart. Yeah. Well, and I he, don't know. didn't he talk? He said something to him as he walked. Yeah, he 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 said that I'm the one that killed Jamie Lannister. That's all that you know mattered to him at that point. Point. Um, I don't see it. There's no there's no path for him we'll, now. We'll revisit this yes. next week. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Um, so let's um let's drop some knowledge. There's extra bass in there that's this week. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Well, as we normally do, so I am the history guy, Justin is the stats guy. Now, I'm not at all going to try to do the history of the actual show and what happened in the show because I'll leave that to Justin. So I'm just going to do the, the history of the books and and how we kind of came in the real world to this point. So what's real anyway? Well, I mean, we don't have dragons, so yeah, we are real. That's fair. So Game of Thrones is based off of a series of fantasy lo- novels by George R.R. R. Martin called A Song of Ice and Fire as Justin kind of hit on mm-hmm. er, earlier. The the word song is featured in a number of Martin's books because he really has an um, obsession with songs. Okay. And then the ice and fire is comes from the battle between the cold, quote-unquote, others. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume White Walkers or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then the, the fire mountain. of the, the dragons. Yeah. So he started write, writing these in 1991, uh, kind of off and on. Uh, he took a little bit of time off because he was Martin was working on a, a TV series for most of his life, you know, with doing the fantasy novel work a little yeah. bit on and off. Um, and in the mid 90s, he was working on a show that never aired on ABC called The Doorways. Oh, so I I'd, I'd never even heard of it. So that's why it wasn't until 1996 that his first uh, first of the I don't know if you, series I guess it it started as a trilogy but um, it ended up being you know obviously a yeah. series and, mm-hmm. and looking at potentially up to seven volumes of this this series but that's why it took him about five years to write that first first volume of, of the series because he was working on this show on the side so each chapter of the the story or, or each book focuses on one character's perspective so in the first book we started with about nine characters and now we're up to about this says 31 I, th- I don't I think 31 is a little steep because I I don't know that there I've never read the book so I don't know that thirty one chapters thirty one different characters who have a chapter oh yeah yeah no that's fair yeah most of them and I'll get into that with some of the stats um, they're dominated by uh, a handful of of yeah. people mm-hmm. but there are you know one off uh, this guy gets a chapter right they're 
some of the worst chapters, but uh, but they are there. <laughs> so the first title uh, of A Song of Fire, Ice and Fire was obviously Game of Thrones, and so that came out in 1986. And then we had in 99, A Clash of Kings. 2000 was Storm of Swords. 2005 was Feast for Crows. And then 2011 was Dance with Dragons. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two that we're still waiting on are Winds of Winter and A Dream of Spring. And reportedly, Winds of Winter is fairly close. I'm rolling my eyes at you. If you can, I wish you could hear my rolling of eyes. George R. R. has been holding that over us for way too long. Well, he he says that uh, he never agreed to complete like he he wanted to complete the book um the sixth book before the sixth season was done but then you know obviously we're at this point and nothing's completed but right um i i think he's now waiting until it's completely done and then he's gonna complete these other books yeah and there's some theories well theories it's not a theory but people talk about you know with there being disappointment in some ways and people not liking how it goes um that he would that fix he, it he can kind book. of fix it within yep. his books yep. um, which you know i always thought that it makes why, why would he not release his next book like the day after this this you know the finale s- yeah the finale there's so much attention so yep, much attention right sure. now that it would make so much sense but he's his he's had quotes in the past of you know i i i'll write it when i want to write it don't push me any i think he almost is like uh, unlike some authors who can kind of be motivated by the uh excitement of their fans he's kind of like no yeah. i'm going to do it he's on my do terms yeah, and that could sure. be never yeah. i i'm honestly i a part of me feels like it's never going to happen which is really sad but, I think it will happen at some point. I just think he'll do it on his terms, just based off of the writing style that I've seen. I've never read the books again, because, but based off of what I've seen from the movies and that plot structure, I think he's just going to do yeah. it on his, on his own terms. Yeah. So then we go, um, so in 2006, uh, you already mentioned David Benoff. He talked to George R. R. Merton's literary agent, and he be, became really interested in the series. And reportedly, he read the first book in about 36 hours. That's Whoa. how interested he was in this. Yeah. So he started to share his enthusiasm with the book with D.B. Wise. And so they started to team up. And, and Martin had been approached about creating you know, feature films and things uh, from his books before. But he didn't feel that it could fit into a single feature. He was kind of along the lines of referring to, you know, Ring of, or uh, not Ring of Thrones. <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings, yeah. yeah. He, along those lines. Right. Something else I don't watch or, or pay attention <laughs> right. to. So Yeah. So Wise and, and Benoff uh, pitched HBO the idea because they felt like anywhere else that they were to release this, um, they would have to kind of uh censor it a lot just even to re- to get a pg-13 yep. rating um if you're talking on on um tv so they felt like hbo was the only option so in in 2007 
January of 2007 to be exact, uh, the development began. And the initial intention was for each novel to yield a season's worth of episodes. And initially, Martin would write uh, one episode. Benoff and Wise would write the rest of the episodes. Mm-hmm. They eventually added two other writers. So you had you know a few other writers. But uh, Martin actually continued to write an episode for the HBO show uh, for four seasons. Wow. That's pretty cool. I, d- I actually did not know that. I thought he was just an advisor. Yeah. Uh, and I knew he was an advisor for the last couple seasons because they've gone beyond the book. Right. And so, so books. you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Let me just get to that. Okay. So in, in 2007, the first draft of the pilot script was submitted. And then in 2008, HBO um, ordered a pilot. And this was first shot in 2009, but had a poor reception at the private viewing. Uh, and HBO demanded an e- extensive reshoot and re-edit. Mm. About 90% of it needed to be reshot. Wow. Yeah. And actually, an interesting fact is that George R.R. R. Martin made a cameo appearance in this pilot episode. I heard about that. And he didn't make it in. He didn't make the cut, right? Right. The, yeah. the next shot. Yeah. Or the next, because they had to reshoot everything, yeah. he didn't make that uh, scene anymore. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. A couple of interesting notes about the, the cast is uh, that Ramsey, Ramsey Snow Bolton, mm-hmm. um, he was his actor was actually a finalist for the Jon Snow character. Oh, my goodness. You don't understand this as much, Brian, but... <laughs> That is night and day. Oh, oh, that gives me shivers. That gives me shivers. No thanks. Okay. All right. Well, after the sixth season is when the – you kind of talked about it already, but the the show outpaced the books. And the plots that, that uh, Benoff and Wise used were based off of outlines that they were given by Martin. So that's where okay. he kind of came in in those last couple seasons. So, the principal photography for uh, the first season um, ended up be, uh, being shot in uh, July of 2010. Um, and, you know, now we're nine years later and eight seasons. Mm-hmm. So, um, most of this filming is, has taken place, um, at least for the, the first season, um, was in uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland, with... Uh, some of the exterior shots being filmed. Let's see, Castle Ward, which is an actual castle, right. was what Winterfell was based off of. Some of the other notable things, um, you know, the southern scenes uh, for the first season were filmed in Malta, but then um, then it was well, excuse me, was filmed in Malta. Uh, the pilot episode was actually filmed um, on Moroccan sets. Okay, and. The, the city of uh, Medi- Medina was used for King's Landing. Yeah. Um, and then it was changed to uh, Drobniak. Is that in Croatia? Um, sure. I will, we'll look back at that one. But what I was going to say is, um, you know, you lo- if you look at I've, – I've read some articles in the past of you look at their actual sets – um, in the locations where they are, and then you look at what it looks like on screen. Yeah. It is insane. I have so much respect for those 
for those editors and graphics guys and girls, um, it's it's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, I what was, they do for that. But I was surprised with with this Drobniak, um, which is in Croatia, um, how much it does look fairly similar to you know what. Uh, king's landing does actually look like in game of thrones like yeah it, it's not like it's just a completely reworked area the, yeah but if you look at winterfell for instance winterfell is piece of what you actually see yeah. and how you know you know some of it's a little bit of set design but a lot of it is just editing and it looks it looks real it, yeah. it's it's the amazing CGI is we are we are crazy. in an amazing heyday for i mean you know you you love video but like what we can do with video these days and and content it's just it's amazing that kudos to everybody on that team and i know i hopefully they get paid well because it's they do an amazing job so my last note which kind of feeds into a little bit of of why i believe Tyrion is gonna end up on the throne but he is the most interacted character based off of the books he's the Mm -hmm. most interacted character uh in the series yes yeah he actually and i was gonna get into i'll actually roll into that with my my stats here as i will bring through and i'll i'll as i always say but i'm really gonna do it i'm gonna rush through these these stats so if you see something that you like let me pause here so we talked about the books. You talked about the books. So 70 million copies have been sold of the uh, series uh, and have been translated into 47 different languages. And uh, Tyrion, as you said, he has 13.7% of all the chapters that are written um, as the prominent uh, character. George R.R. has often said that he is his favorite character, so he really enjoys writing about him yeah uh so no surprise there the other i think uh, what i even saw was that he had the most interactions it wasn't even just the most chapters sure it yeah. was the most interactions with other characters yeah and you know and that's buffered a little bit by his chapters but but yeah he is involved i mean you see him now how what side he was on and now what side he is on and he's traveled the world he's all over the place and i think that's very much because george is like well you know let's go over here let's come over here and uh which is pretty cool the 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 other characters at 12.2 percent of chapters is Jon snow followed by aria as number three uh at 9.6 percent followed by daenerys at nine so aria has more chapters than daenerys which is kind of surprising considering the show if they love Arya, but the show kind of focuses from Daenerys a lot. Yeah, and I felt uh, like at some points from the seasons that I watched, you just forgot Arya was even there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you you follow her a lot more in the books, and the fifth most uh, you probably wouldn't be able to guess is Catelyn Stark. So you well you've seen the demise of her in your season three uh, at the Red Wedding. Yeah. But I don't really remember it that well. That was well, a long time ago. Uh, well, it was an epic moment, but essentially at 7.3%, um, she's the num- number five. So getting over into the show, which most of you, if you're listening, um, are, are watching. Yeah, help me. Yeah. Well, help, help me. 
Well, well, do you want me to help you with where we are, or do you want me to help you with some stats? Oh, I, I can do both. Yeah, both. Okay, help well, me in general. Well, all right. Well, let's let's do a quick recap because uh, you know I don't want to spend a ton of time. If you're listening to this, you've probably already list, you've already watched this episode, but a couple key moments in this past episode of where we are. Um, so, and I'm I'm going to do this quick. There's so much in depth that we could go over, but. So John and Daenerys are, are are essentially fighting to kind of, you know, at John wants just to support Daenerys and Daenerys wants him to kind of blindly follow him, but I thought he John has, was dead. So jeez. Oh We're gonna have to take a long time to explain this. John died, yes. John was resurrected via the red um the red woman, uh the red priestess, Melisandra. And she brought him back, and it was thought that he we could get into lore. There's so much I, I don't want to go down too far, um, but there was uh, lore that there's this Azor on high, which is the 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 resurrected champion, if you would, uh, to defeat the Night King. He's kind of the Lord of the Light, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was thought that John could be him. Who knows? But he didn't end up killing the 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 Night King. Anyway, which you missed that, but that was a couple episodes ago. Who killed the Night King? Uh, Arya killed the Night King. See, I was, I mean, like, I didn't even know what the Night King was. Yeah. Well, see, that most people, most people wouldn't go from watching three seasons and then watch, jump in, you know, midway through. <laughs> I had to do my research you for this did. episode. And, and, and I, I don't, for the sake of our listeners, I don't want to spend too much time filling you in on about. 50 hours of content um, in about two minutes. But, yeah, so anyway, we are John, – John is back. He's alive, and he is uh, – pledges allegiance to better than ever. Daenerys because better than ever. Um, he needed help to, defy, to fight the um, the White Walkers because they were coming to – for it was a fight for humanity, essentially. And they oh. they won with Daenerys's help because of the uh, dragon. Because of the dragon and other and other things. I mean, Arya is the one that that got the kill, but um, which is a very epic moment. If you ever watched another episode this season, that one I think would be an interesting one, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, so John John is also Aegon Targaryen. He's a Targaryen, so that he's related to Daenerys, and he's the technically the one true king so lots of people want him to be the the king of this or the um yeah the king of the seven kingdoms and uh, a lot of people who don't know that secret because it's been a secret that he is related to the targaryens and the rightful heir a lot of people are on board with daenerys and then everybody else is like no i'm fine with cersei she's crazy but you know i'm i'm down for keeping that so that's kind of where we are you know, again, could spend a lot of time. I will not. Yeah, but, my eyes were starting to glaze over. Yeah, sure. So, Varys dies. Um, the uh, spider, as as often, which his death was was. I I don't know how many people have died based off of the dragon just like just lighting them up, lighting them up. Yeah, like uh, in close proximity too. Like a handful, and not very many, but a handful have died that way. In fact, Samuel Tarley's, uh, his dad and brother died that way um, mm. via, you know, their army. They were like, I'm not going to 
serve you. And she's like, all right, well, then you're going to burn. So she's had some some cues, some moments where you're like, are you okay? are you good? But then you kind of forget about because you've been rooting for her for all this time. But certainly this is the tides have changed. Daenerys is, is getting into, um, you know, a little bit ornery, a little bit um, – irked that she keeps getting betrayed john betrayed her quote unquote because he told uh his siblings that he is the one true heir but he does not want the the throne um so anyway uh they march down to king's landing daenerys is riding drogon her last dragon that's alive who by the way i think is pregnant (laughs) it's just a chubby dragon okay he's he's not pregnant I'm going pregnant. Well, I don't know if male dragons can get pregnant. Oh. I don't know how it works with dragons. <laughs> how do you know it's a male? Of that. His name's Drogon. That's a guy. He's a guy. Anyway, um, so she, don't be shocked. There, there's on basically Sunday. one weapon that can defeat a dragon per, unless it's another dragon, and those essentially it's these scorpions. I'm sure there's other ways, but these scorpions, which are these those big bow and arrow metal things that shoot out in the air they're like huge and that's how one of her other dragons died but uh, in the last episode but this one she basically avoids all that destroys all those uh scorpions and destroys the iron fleet which is Euron Greyjoy's army in the water and then the big moment of the episode the bell rings to to um surrender surrender essentially and she hears it and she says screw you guys i'm gonna burn the whole city down and have no remorse about it seemingly i it just was a a big character moment that again a lot of people are very angry about because you've rooted for her for eight years to come from this little girl essentially timid girl uh, that just nods her head and does whatever her brother tells her to now this this mad queen, as she's being called now, um, that's just, you know, going off. So it's really, really um, a sad moment for her character, but in some ways, you know, we saw a little bit of those tendencies, um, and it runs in the family um, to be a little bit crazy. Uh, we also, a couple, there's a lot of big moments in this. We can't touch on all of them um, or or. Um, stay on all of them, but the Clegane Bowl happened. Everybody's been waiting for that. Okay, so how how did how did y'all know that it was called the Clegane Bowl? It just it became that. Uh, it's not technically they wouldn't call it. Hey, the Clegane Bowl is happening today, but it's kind of for in the books. It's been talked about. You know, the Clegane Bowl. Like they're gonna eventually gonna meet up. They're gonna meet up because there's it's this vengeance from the Hound. And the mountain hates his brother too, so eventually it the stories had to come to it. And so eventually it became this almost lore of it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen at some point, and you're rooting for it. And that was what I would say is fan serving because everybody thought it was gonna happen, everybody wanted it to happen. It happened, it was very gratifying as a fan, um, seeing them fight off for me at least, um, and how they killed Kyburn, which was the um, hand of of the queen um, by just the mountain just picking up him and throwing him at a rock was pretty comical. I did notice that you really liked when Cersei just walked past. The oh mountain. yeah, it was very comical. It was it, that that scene 
because a lot of comedy is tied to the hound because he's just this rough guy that you know has a little bit of you know hidden feelings in there but he's kind of one dimensional in a lot of ways and he is very um short in how he talks but how that comedic play was with with both Cersei walking by and the throwing of Kyburn was was pretty great. Um, and any so anyway, so that was great. And then uh, Jamie and Cersei uh, meeting up at the end um, and and ominously dying. I think there's a strong chance that they have died now um, at the bottom of the Red Keep, um, which uh, is we don't have to linger on this, but my most disappointing. Um, moment within the show because I didn't like a lot of people talk about the arc of a character Um, Jamie was this bad guy who was just in love with his sister and we've taken seven years to see character growth he's become a good guy he's he's he has more uh, morals he uh, fights for honor there's so many great characteristics about him and then at the very end of it all he comes right back to to Cersei and it just felt like everything was for naught. And I, I personally did not like that. Um, but but I'm not shocked. Like, Well, you, but but here's the thing. You're not shocked, but if you were there from, from seasons four to seven, you've seen him become such a, no, a great, like, but moralistic I, I, I character. I guess it's not, even, it's not even the individual character. I'm not shocked by the, the lack of, of the character arc and it meeting expectations yeah because because you saw that in the first the three ep- or the three seasons that i watched like the they were killing off people who if you took look at their their character arc right. are not completed or in the middle of it so that's why i'm i'm not that shocked at anything that really has happened right right in that episode and that, Just, and that makes sense but i think there there are shock like Ned Stark dying in episode one yeah. was a shock and uh, I mean people were pissed off people stopped watching the show but if I go back and look at it and this is where maybe it'll change in time um, but when I go back and think about that I was like that's such a amazing and key moment to the storyline that that s- separated the paths of all of these characters because they wanted revenge or they became a really bad character and they just got worse and so shocking moments are fine if they fit and for me that one didn't fit it just was like oh i'm i'm i honestly up until the moment they died i thought jamie was going to kill her so i was expecting that um it was part of the prophecy Um, so so then i mean i guess in in that argument's sake don't you have to wait until the final episode to see how the the whole thing plays out. Oh, if, definitely, and that's why I don't want to pass judgment yet uh, for that. And um, it's easy to, and you know, one of the best things about this show right now is that so many people are watching it. That um, you know, I have uh, I talk with people right afterwards. I have a thread with my buddies from back home. I talk with people at work about it every day. It's just it's a top a topic that everybody wants to talk about. So I despite disappointments at times um, and certainly in this episode I'm I'm reserved to wait until after this last episode to see kind of what happens so we we're taking a while to talk about that I want to jump in 
and talk about some stats. Okay. Can we do that? Yeah. So the average cost of an episode is uh, about $10 million for each episode. And season eight, which was six episodes, was $90 million. Uh, so that averaged about $15 million an episode, which is a ton That's of a money. Lot. Yeah, um, for no advertising, and, too. Yeah, and I would even say I, – I Except I for a Starbucks cup. Except for a Starbucks cup. I would even say that a – what's it called? Uh, the two episodes, so episode five and episode three, which are huge battle scenes, were probably closer to $20 million for those episodes is my guess. Um, and the other episodes were probably a little bit less, um, like one, two, and, and four. But just amazing with what they can do. Um, but episode three, we talked about, um, I, I don't, I forget what it was called, The Long Night is what it was called. So that was the battle for um, against the Night King, and it was a very ap- appealing but dark uh, shot, I guess. it was. One, I think it's one of the longest, if not the longest, cinematic battle in tv history it was about 80 minutes long straight of a battle what Um, yeah it's it's chaos it's amazing i'm i'm curious if you went back and watched that what your thoughts would be from from a video angle but they took 11 weeks of straight night shooting to get that one episode done Hmm. which there's some interesting um i remember watching a video afterwards um, that talked about, uh, I believe it was maybe it was Grey Worm or somebody else was talking about how after the first couple weeks of this, I mean, where you're you're basically on a totally different sleep schedule and every night you are working through the night. And he said it started to create this exhaustion within the um, the actors and actresses, and you. You could see that on the screen, like these people, and and which made sense because the battle was so long. You want you almost wanted them to feel exhausted, and mm-hmm. it, it was it wasn't acting; it was real. It was real exhaustion, which is really cool, you know. And kudos to that crew for getting through that. But a couple of other stats: so the series used uh, about thirteen thousand extras, two thousand crew members across its eight seasons in Northern Ireland alone, and so there, obviously there's a lot more beyond that. The one of the unique things, um, the longest prosthetic application um, for was for the Children of the Forest, which you may not have seen before, um, but that they've kind of played a part with Brand's storyline, and for the Mountain, uh, which took seven hours of just sitting there and getting getting ready, which is pretty cool. They do look very very cool. So the the Children of the Forest are those the ones that live just beyond the wall so there's the the wildlings oh. which are what you're probably thinking of yeah. the children of the forest are a uh almost a lore within the within it um or within the books sorry the books and the series and they you do see them in flashbacks but not i don't i think there might have been one reference or one time when when one actually was there with bran and in um, one of the seasons but anyway the season 7 finale of Game of Thrones uh, drew a record 16.5 million viewers I would venture to say that this next one coming up is going to probably be closer to 18 or higher um, it's you know if you're not watching this and you're a Game of Thrones fan you know I, I don't know what you're doing but 
You're listening to this podcast. Yeah, you're listening to this podcast, I guess. Um, and then my last thing was just about uh, a crazy, crazy fans. I put in quotation marks, but 2,000 babies have been named Aria since the uh, or since the show, I guess, started. Yeah. Uh, my cat's name is Aria, so okay. I, I, okay. You know, I'm sure a lot okay. of animals have been named that. And it made, got me thinking because people have named characters. I forget how many how many it was for Daenerys, but people have named their children Daenerys because Daenerys is this great, you know, light coming yeah. and yeah, you know, yeah. great character. And then all of a sudden now she's a straight up evil. And I'm curious how those parents feel about, oh, my, my child is now like one of the worst, you know, one of the bad villains of this series. It's, it's an interesting twist. Yeah, I saw some stat that was like, talking about Khaleesi and and people naming their kids Khaleesi yes. where it was like somewhere like uh, it's now you know somewhere in the 1000th most common names and th- or a couple years ago it was and now it's down to like 750 or something like yeah. that not that common but still like the idea that that even that name is being used more often yeah for well, sure one other one other stat I I want to hit on is the I, I found an article that uh, analyzed the Rotten Tomato score for all the episodes. Okay, and so one, the eighth season's on track to be the worst rated. That that does not surprise me, and it's not by quality, really. It's just by expectations of fans. You also have prior to this the fifth episode, fifth, sixth episode of of season five was the the previously lowest rated uh with about 55 percent 54 percent interesting i'll have to look up what that one was but the reason that this um i bring up this article is because the third season and and you give me a hard time for getting to the third season and stopping after the third season but when you look at this scoring the third season has it has two of the bottom um, scoring. Wow! Uh, I would episodes. not be surprised if the Red Wedding was one of those. So this was episode one, two, three, four, five, six, and six and seven. Okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, I I think what I was wanted to get to is when you talk about dropping off, and you dropped off after three. I at by season three, I've now gotten used to um, the shock factor of Game of Thrones, and now welcome it. You know, with with the Ned Stark was the ultimate and first one, you know, and there was others along the way. But with the Red Wedding being such a crucial one in season three, it it now I that episode in particular made me reminisce to when I was reading the books and my moment when I you were listening to the books yeah yeah whatever Um, so I actually was listening to that uh, episode in my car on my way to work um, when the Red Wedding happened and I remember it was just me driving yelling out loud what like in shock and anger and emotion and there's another moment right afterwards uh, and if you've watched it I don't know if you remember it where Arya is going in basically to 
help the family to save you know she knows something's wrong and the hound uh picks her up and takes her away he's like this isn't safe like he saves her essentially yeah in the book at the very end of the red weddings chapter he swings his axe at aria at the very end of the episode and then you don't hear from aria for another half of a book so you you assume or maybe i don't know that the hound just was like i'm just gonna kill you maybe i'm a bad guy and but he swung the back of his axe and hit her on the head to knock her out took her and so to basically save her so that chapter i remember like yell again i'm yelling and and i had to write like a really angry and shocked message to all my buddies when i got to that chapter and they were really excited for when i got to it but um, but yeah, anyway, by this point, you're used to those things. So it's shocking to me that people would drop off after three because it's like this is just what Game of Thrones is. Don't you get attached to characters and then it 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 matters so much more when you lose them. Yeah, I mean, but I think so six and seven were both very low ratings. So it, it's not even the shock factor. It's just the the overall if I'm not interested in two back-to-back episodes, then it's like, well, yeah. I don't know. Don't know if I can do this. And yeah. then and then you get to the Red Wedding, and, you know, maybe you're okay with the Red Wedding because I, I, I don't know. I, I just – I was like, eh, it's all right. I'm done. <laughs> I, think, I think it started to be maybe around that time where the White Walker – like the yeah. idea of the White Walkers started to come. a little more in, prominent. And, yeah. and I just like couldn't buy into that. I, that's fair. It's not for everybody, and that's but I, I've enjoyed the ride. All right. Well, since you've enjoyed the ride, I have not. I guess we need to do some friendship test here. You're making a terrible mistake. So – Brian, I, I you've gone through three seasons, three seasons in one episode. In one episode, <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Do you have a favorite character from when you were watching? I'm sure this last episode maybe screws things well, up. But. So, so Ned Stark was my favorite character. Okay, and then he died. Okay, and so then I, I don't know if I have. I I don't know if I have one. Um, you know, Arya's cool, but she disappears for forever in those first three seasons. And, and that's another thing that frustrates me about the, the series is you just don't hear from somebody. And obviously now they're kind of all in the same place. So, so, you know, their stories have a little bit more across, but like the Wolves, what, what's going on with, with our friends, the Wolves? They've kind of either died or scattered. Uh, there's only two remaining at this point. Uh, How many were there? I thought there, there were only two. No, there was one direwolf wolf per every Stark. What about you? Do you have a favorite character? Uh, my character would probably be Arya. Uh, I've really, I always enjoyed, and that's mostly from the book, but I've enjoyed um, her in the series as well in the the show. Uh, but there's just something about her character of, and growth, um, which was really good. I I, I enjoyed. I, I enjoy Tyrion. I've always been back and forth between Ooh, Tyrion. Oh yeah, Tyrion's and, a good one too. Um, yeah, he's just you. You want to root for both of them for different reasons, but you want to root for both of them. So, if you were to live in one of the places, would you rather live in King's Landing or Winterfell? This one. This one's a tough one for me. I would probably say King's Landing because it's warm there uh, and I like kind of 
you know, if I had to choose between cold and warm, I'd probably go with King's Landing. But it's definitely I, I would not want to live under, you know, Cersei's reign. Um, but I would rather live under the Starks because it just seems they're just such a better house. Yeah, I'd rather I'd than the rather be uh, Winterfell because I mean, if you're if you're like a low level uh, in peon in you know this massive city, yeah. I think that would be miserable. Yeah, as opposed to a, a peon in in you know a it's not a small city, but yeah, it's you know a a right smaller. Yeah, and I, th- smaller. I just feel like they. Re- I don't know. They're just better. Like they're they treat people better. Sure, there's exceptions, but I feel like Winterfell is just a cool place. But I I I would I would stay with King's Landing. Which uh, so there's a lot of really cool nicknames in Game of Thrones and some very prominent ones. So if I had to give you. If you were given a nickname, um, and I'm going to throw out three of them, which would you prefer for you to be? Uh, would it be the Hound? Would okay. it be Kingslayer? Okay. Or Littlefinger? Who's Littlefinger? Littlefinger is Peter Baelish. Oh. He's the... Um, brothel owner? Yes, he's the brothel owner. Hmm. Or was. Yes, I was. assume yes. everybody's died. <laughs> so I'm sure he is dead. All three point. of those people are now dead. Uh, funny enough. Oh yeah. Uh, but do you would do you connect with any of those? They all have different pieces to them. I'd be the Hound. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, it, I, I. Go go ahead. It it sounds cool. Yeah. Like Kingslayer is a little too over the top. Yeah. The Hound's like just enough to be like, yeah, I'm badass. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I kind of with you on the Hound. Although my backup would probably be Kingslayer. Um, Kingslayer is an interesting one just because it plays such a prominent role in Jamie's character because he gets called it, and despite his growth, he's always like, "You're the Kingslayer." But there's so much, there's history behind why he's the Kingslayer, and he did it for the right reasons. But no one knows that or believes why. He, it's just we know you killed the king. You're a Kingslayer, and it's not betrayal but that's what it's Which perceived as he that. kill he killed oh man sorry i, I want to say Aegon. he killed the mad king um who basically the king the reason why he killed him was he was like burn them all he's just said literally burn all of the the people in his city because i don't like them and so jamie who was head of the i'm blanking on what his little um knights are um, but essentially, he's like, you're crazy. I'm not doing that. I'm not burning all these innocent people. And so he, st- I think he stabbed him in the back. Um, and so from that moment on, he was called Kingslayer. But really, it was a mercy on all of the millions of people that he was basically the dra- – he was going to burn everybody. So, But not many people know that. And so therefore, his Kingslayer is this negative thing, moniker tied to him. So I don't know. I, I think I'll agree with you on the hound there. All right. Well, if you had to choose a weapon uh, from this time period, would you select a sword, axe, or bow and, and arrow? Yeah, so for me, I can't wield an axe. Uh, I, I think that would be too much. Um, I'm not, maybe not, I'm not that strong. I don't know what it is. A sword would be the We coolest. did go axe throwing there. We did, we did. And uh, you're a little bit better at throwing axes than I am. But I feel like a sword would be really cool. 
Um, and in this fantasy world, I would l- like to, I think, be the sword. But realistically, which, you know, doesn't mean anything, I would be a bow and arrow person. I think I'm much more in every video game I've ever played where there's some type of role play or whatever. So you're like the sniper. And I, like, I would be like stay sneaky, out of the battle. stealth. I would be kind of – I would be – hiding and knocking people out with like like a well, I don't want to be like a Theon but like well I you, don't know. you don't know that never yeah. mind. Uh, but for those that listen I would be kind of like a Theon which is a really good archer yeah really um, you should just talk to the listeners because yeah. I don't know you just, <laughs> if, yeah, if they I weren't in the first should. three seasons and even in the first three seasons I may not remember what happened you know with yeah, those people in the first tragic. three that's the real tragedy tragedy is you not watching all these episodes? Yeah, sure. I I'm gonna pick a sword. Yeah. Uh, I I could see you as a sword guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Like unsheathing your sword. <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> that, that was a lightsaber. Was a lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's a sure. Shing. Um, yeah. Well, well, it, we have talked at length, um, and we could talk much longer, even though Brian, you know. Is still learning on all of this, but I, I know I could talk a lot longer about this. But let's—I don't know if I could. Let let let's turn this into uh, some delusional thinking. If you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. So, Game of Thrones—one of the biggest things uh, in the show that separates it from so many other shows—is that there are dragons. So. Would you rather, Brian, live in a world where there are real dragons right now, today, Mm -hmm. or live in a world with dinosaurs and all sorts of them? Okay, so with these dragons, so obviously Daenerys can control the dragon, right? With dinosaurs, does, does someone or myself have power to control the dinosaurs? No, you cannot control them. Wow. And how many how many dragons are we talking? Just a regular amount. <laughs> so I mean, they they are treated like an animal. So think of an endangered species, but they're around. Okay. So okay. Maybe, I want to say a bald eagle, but you know, and all all very plenty. large dragons, I assume, or varying sizes. But yes, a full grown one would be quite large. Um. I would rather hang around with the dinosaurs. Okay. Because the dragons, one, Daenerys, if Daenerys is there, or whoever, like, Daenerys... Daenerys doesn't exist. Yeah, but but dragons are controllable based off of the... the, Sure, but who's to say that a dinosaur isn't controllable? I just asked you if... Well, you don't have powers to do it. But you could maybe coax one into riding one. I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm sure I could coax coax some of the herbivores that don't want to eat me. <laughs> but but based off of the information that I have, because the dragons have been you know controlled, dinosaurs have not been controlled. That at least the meat eaters. Um, I'm. I would rather live with the dinosaurs and take my chances on trying to, you know, control a herbivore that can help protect me from the larger dinosaurs, than having a Daenerys-like t- 
person come in and have this dragon and obliterate my whole city. Sure, yeah. I think that there's... And how I look at it, uh, it's it's in some ways faith in humanity, which uh, if there are dragons, your faith in humanity is low that someone will take over that that dragon and we destroy just saw things. It, we just saw it in... in season eight episode five sure we did and you had faith in daenerys that she would be a (laughs) good person that is fair that is fair and that is troublesome that that could happen and that's kind of how i view it and And she did that to a lot of cities even in the first three episodes that i watched yeah that yeah without the dragon sure sure but you could, you know, hopefully there could be a good person that also, and then, you know, I think there would be more wars with dragons because, you know, hypothetically if someone could ride it. But that's not a, not, I mean, we we think of it from Game of Thrones lens, but, you know, dragons. Or in, how to in train your dragon of, lens. Sure. Yeah. Well, how to train your dragon. I haven't seen all those movies, but I feel like <laughs> you've, they, they have good dragons, right? And, you know, so I, I think. I don't know. I, I, long story short, I probably agree with you. But the main reason I agree with you is that I feel like, similar to some other animals, the dinosaurs would be kind of reserved to their wild, their jungles and places where I'm not, essentially. And so it wouldn't. Have you seen Jurassic Park? Well, sure. I think number two when they come. Up. Yes, I've seen them. Um, but those are just dumb people putting them in the wrong places. I don't think a T-Rex is going to wander his way into New York City and be like, hey, here I am. Like, I just – I think it would influence me less and I would be alive longer without dragons. Um, but how cool would it be to have a dragon, though, to, to be able to tame a dragon somehow? If that I could tame be... – but, but uh, I mean, I'd love to tame the odds a are T-Rex, low, but... too. That's that's also oh is there is there like a King Kong T Rex dragon mashup? I feel like there already has been. They've they've kind of played that out. Yeah, I don't know about dragon. I know they've done T Rex. I mean, or, or not T Rex, but like Godzilla, Godzilla versus, which is basically T Rex. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. Well, t- Godzilla can breathe fire, right? He can. It's basically a T Rex that can breathe fire. So <laughs> it's basically a dragon that can't fly. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the other way to think essentially. About it. Um, but uh, yeah, wow. all right. Well, we'll we'll agree on this one. We'll live in a world kind of. with dinosaurs, even though dragons are really cool. Um, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, it's been it's been a, a long conversation. Yes, it has. I, I'm glad I made it through. Yeah, you survived. We're we're I'm, we're still searching for that topic, Brian, where you're gonna just blow me away with your expertise not that i'm at all an expert in this but i want you to make me feel dumb See, here's the thing <laughs> is, is, that... is i actually i i'm okay feeling dumb because i get to ask the stupid questions that's fair yeah that's fair um but and, i and put you on the spot yeah okay and make me actually dumb because i'm kind yeah, of kinda. yeah I, I have i have no uh, there's no uh ramifications for me not knowing something right now yeah that is true that is true. You're not being judged. I am. I know I'm being judged. So sorry. Please 
don't judge me too harshly. Yeah. But hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, hopefully the correction segment. Fun talking about this. Uh, it's going to be a blast watching this season finale on Sunday. Uh, what is this? Three days after this podcast will be pushed out. Um, so we're. I'm excited. I don't know. We'll see if Brian makes it to the finale. Yeah, we'll see. Like, I, if I, he falls asleep again. You never come here. You know, it, it depends on how comfortable of a seat you give me. <laughs> well, all right. So well, you might want to think about that. Maybe plan that out. Fair, fair enough. Well, as Brian said earlier, subscribe to us wherever you can find us. We like to be in your podcast inbox, if you would. Uh, and we welcome any and all reviews. We'll read them out loud. Give us, give us your positive, your negative, whatever it is. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll cherish it forever. Uh, until the next episode. Until the next episode. Yeah, for sure. But but we do want to hear from you. So again, thanks for joining us on the Quest for One Hundred. Mm-hmm.